and holds for Bentley. His throw to the end zone is caught for the touchdown by Brenton Covey. And Utah extends its lead 22-10 for the Utes. Okay, Jake Bentley's looking to his right, but he knows that Covey is going to come across on his left, but he made the defense move one way, opened the window, and just delivered the ball for Covey for a touchdown. And the staff pointed out, he's a guy who can break your jaw. Covey on the return, a game-changing play. He cuts it back at the 10, and he is gone for the touchdown. Welcome back, Britton Covey. Flag down at the end of the play, but as it stands now, a 64-yard return to the house. Yeah, I think that's just a celebration penalty. And finally healthy, and that's the reason why you get excited on the sideline for a big play from Covey. Hans and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Frank Dolce joining us. It's your Ute preview show as Utah gets the win over Oregon State. Got a little, uh, little nerve-wracking there down the stretch. But Utah gets a W. Not a, you not a moment you of concern. You weren't concerned in the not least. Not a moment of concern. Utah had just dealt with that experience versus Washington where they gave up a 21-point lead. And I think that experience really shined through in this <laughs> football game. All right. Where Utah was able to overcome that challenge and get the first win of the year. What would you think that call right there, Britton Covey on his kick return and Britton involved in the offense? And nice to see Britton out there doing he's, his thing. He's, he's always a threat when he touches the football and it looks like he's finally back at full speed. Maybe there's a little bit more of a focus now of, of getting him the football. I know he was dinged up early in the year, so that could have contributed to some lack of playing time in the first couple games. But you, to, to have a guy like that on the field, now you just you put your, your defense in a stress because you have to, you have to figure out a way to, to watch that guy and cover that guy, and that takes – an eye off somebody else. So he's he's invaluable, I think, on the offensive side and certainly in the special teams. So, I mean, just from a personal standpoint, though, it, it felt good to have him have, have, have a nice <laughs> like, game like, like you that. Personally. Well, no, like just, you personally. You hard. felt good about it? Yeah, it's hard not to root for the guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I completely agree with it, with, with what you're saying. I didn't – maybe I didn't have the same sympathetic response that you did with – regard to having Covey back on the football field. I just – Like, it felt like you, that was kind of a, a a warm and fuzzy moment for you to have him back out there. I, 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 like, I genuinely root for the young man. Is that, is that bad? No. Should I not admit to that? No. I, I think you're mocking me for, yeah, for, for I am. having that. I, t- I am a little bit. <laughs> so but you, now you I feel – you don't, you don't root for individual but now, guys now for I good feel things bad about it because I, I understand. I didn't understand before. No, and I, now I understand. I, I think you're just kind of cold-hearted. Sometimes all. the problems that people you know, you, have with each other. You probably look at that Alex Smith a, story and be like, eh, as a lack of understanding. I wish know? Alex Smith never played. Who would say, who would say such <laughs> you, a thing? You, because you're cold-blooded. You, probably Max Hall would say that. <laughs> Don't try to. Don't try to deflect. Max Hall would say that. <laughs> Alex Smith. If you're not rooting for Alex Smith, then you don't have a heart. And now I understand how you feel about Britton Covey. I'm sorry I didn't understand that initially. So 
yes, he is a guy that I root for. Yeah, never mind. And Covey, but I hope your career comes to an end. I like was, Frank does. I, I don't care thinking, anymore. I was just thinking more objectively about it. I didn't have like the same sympathetic response that you did. I thought in terms of of being productive for the for the offensive football team and what the offensive football team for Utah is trying to accomplish, having a guy like Britton Covey on the field is a necessity. It's not like a Rudy story to me. Like, Rudy was never going to do anything productive on the football field. He was just like a heartwarming, hey, here's a little guy who's overcome some obstacles. like Tim Tebow out there. (laughs) And he's Joe Montana's quarterback who doesn't really want him on the team, and he figures out a way to get into a play. Did Rudy play with Joe Montana? And happen into a, yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's true. I got nothing more hands. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but I don't. But 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 Britton Covey. I guess you could put Britton Covey in the same sort of boat. But I. But Britton Covey, Covey is like a super productive. Did I say he wasn't? No, but you're making it in more, into more of a heart. Like you're making it into more like a Hallmark story, I and I'm trying say, to make it into I, a thirty for thirty. No, I just said I appreciated. I it, I was glad to see him back out there after all the injuries he's dealt with. Like you want to do like Hallmark Britain's return? No, no. And I want to <laughs> do it's thirty a, for thirty. I, the return of Britain. Because if it's a Hallmark, usually there's a love interest in there somewhere, and uh, as played know. by Shannon Doherty. Yes, or <laughs> Melissa Gilbert. <laughs> Or no, no. Who's the one who's in jail now for the USC scandal? Hey, you leave Aunt Becky out of this. <laughs> Felicity? No, no. Uh, Lori Loughlin. Lori oh, Lori. Loughlin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Brit- so, do you think we see Britain for two more years? Who do you think would play Britain Covey in the in the? Well, let's do the two in the Hallmark Sean version. Aston. Who would play? I don't think who would play Britain Covey. I don't think they hire actors for your thirty thirty for thirties. Let's just let's Sean just do this. Aston. Let's just do this. <laughs> you got to drop a few lbs. I'm gonna go, Britton Covey, and just think about that. If you're out there and you're listening, maybe send a tweet. Who would play Britton Covey in the Hallmark version of Britain's Return? Oh man! Yes, who's but that? Who's that? Uh, who's that? The actor on uh, – I've got two guys in mind. I, I do just too, but their, mind, their names. That actor from Venom? Venom? From Venom? From Venom. What's Venom? That's I don't know that uh, superhero kind of type movie. I was thinking of the guy who played the blonde hobbit in the, uh, in the Lord of the Ring movies. I haven't seen those. Because he's even super short, too. I haven't seen those. <laughs> All right, what are we doing here? Frank, what do you, why do you do this? Let's talk about what the you, game. All right, so Utah. About? What's that, Lloyd? Tom Hardy. Tom, Tom Hardy's a big dude. <laughs> He's That's tiny. Big, are you kidding me? Tom Hardy's a big buff dude. Didn't he play Bane or something? In a, yeah. In yeah, Batman? but he's like 5'7". Oh, I didn't realize he was that short. I have the perfect actor. For Britton Covey in the Hallmark movie. That's one of these years. This is what we're talking about right now. Ron Howard. Ron Howard Ron's plays. Like 70 years old. <laughs> Britton doesn't come across as that old. Come on, Frank. Don't turn your head like that would be a, a good pick. 
And you say he's losing his hair. You want to go Ed Harris next? I'm just going to show you a picture. I'm going to show you a picture, and you tell me that he couldn't play Britton Covey. No, nope, he can't really play Britton Covey. Hands. <laughs> Hands. <laughs> uh, maybe a little. Okay. Uh, let's go. Let's go well beyond Britton Covey. Here. Yes. Let's talk about Jake Bentley. Jake Bentley in his first win as a Utah. Youth. I have a question for you. All right, Hans. Oh boy. If you're, if you're Kyle Whittingham, what would you say about your quarterback at the moment? Would you say he's productive? Would you say he is getting the job done? Would you say he has a high football IQ? Would you say he's a great leader for this football team? How would you describe him right now if you're the, if you're the head coach of, of the University of Utah? Expendable. I uh, did not expect that at all. Ex- expendable. I did um, not expect that at all. A non-influencer. Um, yeah. We're on air. Oh, I know. But yeah, I mean. I know. Okay. Everybody's been sleepwalking through this segment, no. so go ahead. <laughs> Ron Howard. <laughs> um, it's a good fit. It's a good fit. I, yeah, I know. Like, I... I I hope that's not too offensive, but I just don't feel like Jake Bentley has been a real factor. I, 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 the way I look at Jake, he's, he hasn't won anything. He hasn't done a lot to win anything, but he's done some to possibly lose it and can be, it can be more of a negative than a positive. You wouldn't say that he's – would you say that he's done some things that make you think he could he – could fall into that role of being no a very highly productive I don't think so hands i'm with hands on that no huh. i i, don't, think so. I, I think don't know if i agree with you guys on that i i think that he has i'd like to see Utah the, kind of move tools. on you have an emotional connection to him yeah it's a heartwarming no? the right. return of jake bentley in his first year hallmarks <laughs> hallmarks jake bentley i no i i think that i mean i think the guy has shown some signs it just, to me, it lacks consistency with, with Bentley. Like, he does, he does one thing really well, and you think, okay, now he's, now he's on a roll or he's, it's clicked or something, and then you go through a, another series or another progression, and you kind of think, oh, what, he took a step backward. So I just think he lacks a little consistency right now. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I don't know. Do I, you feel like he does? Do you feel like he's fitting what Andy Ludwig wants or needs from his quarterback? Because well, I fitting think, is a good word. I think Andy kind of made his decision that Jake wasn't when he assigned Cam Rising as the starting quarterback. So, I would say a clue to that to me is the way that Coach Ludwig is managing the play calling late in football games, and people. We, we've heard this. People are saying it's conservative, it's vanilla. <laughs> Even Coach, Coach Whittingham said that at one point. 
And I I don't I don't necessarily put that back on on Coach Ludwig trying to be vanilla or lacking creativity, I should say. To me, it's more of Coach Ludwig looking across the landscape of his personnel on, on the offensive side and just making a very objective determination of how am I going to be the most successful on the next play? I, I think I found a, a less offensive way of saying, of giving you my feelings of Jake Bentley. I feel like Utah would have the same record with Drew Lisk and possibly would be 2-1 and one with Lisk or, or another quarterback on this roster. Because I, I think a quarterback that's been around this talent and, and a quarterback that would have been more aware in that second half of that Washington game might have had a better chance of winning it, at least not giving up 24 straight unanswered. Um, and I know that he doesn't play on the defense side of the ball, but I think sustaining drives, hitting the superstars, and, and getting into the end zone or field goal range or anything to get them any points. So I think Drew Lisk would still be one and two. Maybe he gives you an opportunity to win one. Mm-hmm. And I think you would have the same possibility of beating Colorado as you, as you would with Lisk as you would with Bimps. So, but, but you don't foresee Utah making a change at that position. I don't. I don't either. Do you see them tinkering? Possibly. How, I mean, every game is meaningful. I, I don't want to diminish any football game, and this game will be meaningful for Utah against Colorado. But maybe you, maybe you find an opportunity against the Buffaloes to, to give Lisk some reps. And by the way, I think this is really – this is a really good matchup. And, and as we start to break this matchup down, which I think could evolve into a defensive battle, 17-14, who's going to be able to run the ball against you know, the opposing defense. The quarterback in this game, you would think he's not going to be the star, doesn't necessarily need to be a star of the game, but he certainly needs to be the quarterback could make the difference in this game. An efficient quarterback. A quarterback that stresses the defense enough to make them lose focus or to take focus away from the run game, which Utah does really well, I think is meaningful in this game. So, And on, and on the other side of the ball, for, for Colorado, I feel, like the same, feel the same way. Colorado's going to want to run the football. Utah stops the run really well. Colorado hasn't thrown the ball exceptionally well, but you have a Utah defensive secondary that's young, young and getting some experience, but have, have been guarded yeah. by, by Morgan Scally. So is Colorado with that running game, are they going to try to open up the pass game to attack that defensive secondary that has shown some a little bit of, you know, b- being susceptible to the passing game. So to, to me, the, the quarterback in, in each of these games, they're not, it's not the focal point of the game on either side. Right. The run game is the focal point of the game. On both sides. But which quarterback is the most efficient quarterback, I think, is, could be the difference in the game. 
Hans and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans, out here at Larry H. Miller East Car Supermarket. And giving people an amazing opportunity to come in, get into a new used car, something that they're going to love. By the way, you need to buy a gift for the holidays. How about a, how about a new car? You got a teenager that needs a vehicle? Well, come in. They've got cars at two, three thousand dollars. You know, you can find that old beater, that bomber, that you can put under the Christmas tree or in the garage for Christmas for your for your kid. Or if you're in a bad situation, you know, at the back end of the year and going into the new year, you need to make some financial adjustments. Come in and get a new car from Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. They're going to make your payment for six months. For six months, you go without a car payment. You can't beat that. And then how about this? I love this one. 0% interest for 72 months on a new vehicle. So when you, put, when you buy a truck for twenty grand, you are going to pay the twenty grand, not $38,000 because you're paying interest for a seven-year loan. Come in. Take advantage of these amazing opportunities at Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. You can start your shopping at LHMUsedCars.com. We've got this Murray location, the Sandy locations. You've got trucks and imports there at Sandy as well. You can go up to Riverdale or just off 90th South. You can come on down to Orem. So many great managers, great employees. It's just It's going to be a great car buying experience. Trust me. Get in there. The big green buildings where they're saving you thousands upon thousands. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. Kind of got too vanilla and too uh, non-imaginative, and we knew we wanted to milk the clock. You know, it makes sense to milk the clock in that situation, but when you're milking the clock, it, it, there's no reason for you to not stay creative and and uh, get some production. And that was awful to have three, three and outs in a row at the end of the game when we could have put the game on ice and we, we couldn't do it. We had three, three and outs in succession, which is unacceptable. And uh, that's us as coaches and we got to get better. And uh, there's not a coach uh, than myself or on the offensive staff that's, that's pleased with what happened there at the end of the game. So we got, we got to do better, but credit our players again for uh, hanging in there and, and, uh, doing the best they could hanging in there doing the best they could but not particularly pleased with some unimaginative play calling down the stretch frank what are your thoughts on those last three drives that ended in three and outs well it was disappointing because with a couple less than a couple minutes left in the game utah gets the ball back and I really thought, okay, it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Game's over. This is it. You know, you pick up a couple first downs, you're done. Well, <laughs> the inability to do that. <clears throat> and, and uh, man, Co- Coach Whittingham, 
it it sounded like co- what Coach Whittingham was saying was, my guys on the field were saddled with not with very poor play calling. My guy, that's what it sounded like he was saying to me. My guys on the field were saddled with poor play calling, and they did the best that they could under those circumstances. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what it sounded like. And I, we, we're having a conversation about Jake Bentley. My take on it is that Coach Ludwig didn't want wasn't comfortable putting the ball in Bentley's hands to make a play in that in those last few series. Even with Britton Covey and with Brant Keithy on the field. You have to kind of and it's funny, I I don't want to sympathize with Andy Ludwig, but I sympathize largely with Andy Ludwig. You know, this team has had, was it nine turnovers through two games? Yes, first two games. So yeah. you go three quarters. Yeah. You don't have a turnover. And you're kind of looking around the field like, all right, so I've got a freshman running back. I am got a quarterback I'm not real familiar with that's throwing some picks and done some knuckleheaded things. Mm-hmm. I, so where do I go to ensure? Because the only thing that would have been worse for Ludwig than vanilla is turnovers. That's right. Turnover could have flipped the game immediately. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of feel like Andy's sitting there like, okay, I've got the big eye in the sky mm-hmm. that's looking down on me. I don't want to make a call that loses this for me, so we're going to go real vanilla. Yeah, but he still went with a pass play to Jake Bentley on the third down, which he threw the incomplete and stopped the clock. Yeah. On the third down? Mm-hmm. On that last third, that, their last yeah, offensive that, play. Right. Yeah. That, did he turf that ball? He turfed it, yeah. which is better than the turnover, but still, that was far more, you know, you're taking a guy who's been pretty much handing the ball to the other team with some level of regularity. And, and throwing it there in the last. So. Uh, did he turf uh, it under pressure? Well, I can't remember. No, well, I think it no. was a rollout, and if it's there, throw it, and if it's not, burn it. Did is you? there any, have we had any indication so Coach Ludwig is running, he's running the ball, he's running the ball, he's running the ball. And then he gets himself in that third down situation, he has to throw it. Is there any indication that something was happening up front that was, uh, that was missed, that didn't allow the running play to succeed? So, you know, you look at the film and you say, if everyone would have done their job there this, was this goes for 10 yards there was no indication of that there's no indication of that there, right? there, they, they were there's they ran for 250 yards in this game <laughs> I, know, I was just curious about that last because the la- they're just had they so, couldn't stop ty jordan they, they, they just had so little success in the last three series of the games when it really when it really mattered when it really counted and that's the so that's the difference i am talking about with with bentley it's like I, when I say I think he has all the tools, I do. I believe he has all the tools. But in certain situations, you know, your guy has to make a play. One of your guys has to step up and make a play. And I'm not 
certain through three games if we've seen Bentley yet step into that step into that role. And I don't know. Maybe he is maybe he's not capable of stepping into that role and so he's just going to be, you know, in kind of a um a game manager at the quarterback position for for Utah. And I think that's maybe what you, what you feel like with with Bentley is mm-hmm. that this is who he is, and if this is who he is, then how do we manage and manipulate our offense to just maximize the strength of everybody else? I, I wonder in this game how much did it hurt them to have Donovan Thompson off the field? When we're talking about creativity Brian. and or, – Sorry. Brian. Brian Thompson. How much do you think it affected them? Well – uh, I think he was a guy that showed against Washington that he could be really productive, and um, and there was there was certainly uh, a little bit you could see a little bit of level of confidence between the quarterback and Thompson getting the ball to him. So anytime you lose a weapon like that, so <laughs> and I look across Utah offensively, it's not it's not necessarily like an offense like. Uh, USC with three or four wide receivers, you lose one and the next guy just steps up and he's as productive or can be as productive. They don't have a significant, it doesn't feel like they have a significant amount of depth on that offensive side. So when one of your stars goes down, uh, it doesn't, who's the next guy to, who's the next guy to step up to fill in that, to fill in that spot? Because if they didn't have Britain, I don't know what they would have done. Do you force it more to Salman Ennis, or do you not? Where was Nakua? Yeah. Where has Nakua been? I, I don't know. So all of that said, if I'm painting this really bleak picture. I think Utah has enough weapons on the offensive side. I really like the running back group. That's highly productive, and now we have kind of a – the, the leader in that group and two or three other guys that can be really productive. Nakua's been productive at times during the year. Ennis has all the talent. Thompson has been productive. Brant Keithy's a superstar. I mean, I think that guy's a superstar. He should be catching the ball ten times a game. And should be targeted more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Britton Covey, not only, not only catching the ball from the slot, but he can throw the ball. He can run the ball. I mean, I think there's enough weapons on the offensive side for Utah. So, so I, I don't know. We, 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 I guess we'll see, we'll see in this one. It seems like there's just a little lack of tr- trust or not the depth of relationship between the offensive coordinator and the quarterback at the moment. What about the offensive coordinator and the head coach? Is that is that, is, a very is that super interesting because uh, Kyle Whittingham is has is a longtime friend and fan of Andy Ludwig. Yeah, right. And I thought what he did, what Andy Ludwig did last year with Tyler Huntley, was an incredible. He he made an incredible transformation of a of a talented athlete into a talented quarterback. And um, 
And I was very optimistic about this year with new quarterbacks, new running backs, but a good returning offensive line. Do you think that Coach Whittingham had – well, clearly, Coach Whittingham had higher expectations of the offense. And the turnovers have ticked him off. Turnovers will drive him – it's the number one thing he looks at, yeah. the turnover margin. And it does determine in, in evenly matched games, it does the significant majority of the time, it does determine the outcome. But i got to tell you how damaging it would be. You know, if, if Scotty or if I or if Lloyd – went in the media and was like, hey, well, we feel like we've got a really good show, but, you know, our production or but you know, our football analysis or but, you know, and it, would, and it was directed towards an individual. It's like, wait a second. No, you, I know what you're saying there. And, in, in, and I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, wait a second, it's not like you held Oregon State to seven points or ten points. You know, like this could be really conflicting to do that. I have a crazy conspiracy theory. Okay. Because I know a relationship exists between Coach Winningham and Coach Ludwig, this is my theory. <laughs> that Coach Whittingham said has said to Coach Ludwig, hey, we're the coaches. We're going to take the heat. We're going to take the heat for this, okay? I'm going to take it. I'm going to make you take it. But we're not going to put it out on any of our guys on the field. We're not going to lose confidence with our guys on the field. So whatever happens in the game. So he could have prepared him for it. Maybe. Maybe. To me, that would make more sense based on their relationship, mm -hmm. long-term relationship, and the fact that they're dealing with a, you know, a, a backup quarterback who hasn't produced like maybe they were hoping to, a very young offensive backfield maybe you know good talent on the outside maybe not great good talent on the outside and and Keith he's who's fantastic and an offensive line who I don't know hence what would you what would you grade the offensive line at this point in the year how have how has the offensive line performed you thought the quarterback conversation was going to be brutal so you all made a you want to grade them on a curve or you know from <laughs> based off expectations I know. Based off expectations. <laughs> Just take the five guys you've seen and your evaluation of, of offensive linemen and what you've seen and give them a grade. Not based on what you thought they'd be, but just. Yeah, just objectively, this is what's happened. I, 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 you know nothing about this team. I put you in that stadium and say, watch these offensive linemen and give them a grade. 71%. C minus. C minus. Still gets degrees, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. it, it won't. It won't secure a 21-point halftime lead. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I would say so, it's it's in the it's in the low to mid 70s where I would put it. That might be a bit of my expectations getting in the way, but because Scotty, it's tough for me to just step in and just watch this offensive line against yeah. USC, Washington, and Oregon State. I would. I would probably, and you know, that's it's tough to do, but I would go C, C minus. Fair? Not fair? No, I think that's fair. I will rely solely on you because that's your. I've been, I've been really frustrated with. That's it. where you live. Been really frustrated. It did, you know, those holes started to open up a bit more for Ty Jordan and against Oregon State. But you know, Scotty's mentioned this. 
over the six years, seven years, we've seven seasons now we've been doing this show where Utah has slow starts. Well, their, their starts were against USC and Washington. And, and typically their, their O-lines have had slow starts to, to a season. And their starts yes. have to be against USC and Washington instead of, you know, whoever some of the teams that, you know, they've started. What were some of the teams, Scotty? I don't know. Southern Utah. Southern Utah was one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we always talk about that one just because of the Garrett Bowles situation. Was it North Colorado? North? Northern Colorado, Montana State. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of teams. You, and, and Every now and then you have that Michigan that you start the season with, but usually it's an FCS team. And typically we go into that game where we're like, oh, this is going to be a 50-point, 40-point, 30-35-point. Yeah, right. And it's always like near mm-hmm. like 3.7 points at half. And then, yeah. Like I said, it ends up being four, a 27-10 to 10 game or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but, so, but that game now was against USC and Washington, and, and the offensive line just looked very mediocre. Very, and I thought that you could put the weight on them. And now maybe you can against Colorado. But I still put heat on Jake Bentley. Well, you tell me this. Has Jake Bentley helped the offensive line? Well... It's probably been a, a combination of Jake Bentley. Uh, I, I said earlier he, I, I felt like he needed to be have more of a, uh, be more have, have more of an intensity in the pocket, a sense of urgency in the pocket. And early on, I think that hurt him. He just held on to the ball way too long. And and then put himself into trouble, and then the offense. You know, you just can't hold on to a block that long, and and so that that's that's part of the issue. I think he did a better job against Oregon State, getting rid of the getting rid of the football on time. Um, and I I you know I I think the play calling. I don't I I'm I'm having a hard time faulting. The play calling. I am too. I, I, I think don't it's, fault it, really. I think it's more of the ex- execution in s- different areas, even if it's just in two areas. They're the two critical areas, offensive line and quarterback. And if those, if, if one of those two is not executing well, then you're in, in trouble. If both of those position groups are struggling with execution, then you go three and out, three series in a row. I mean, that's, those are the things that kind of happen. Hans and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We'll continue to get you ready for Utah in, uh, well, it's not their finale, but uh, they'll find out on Sunday who the final game of the season will be uh, as Utah starts to wrap up this long, arduous season as the Utes get set for a showdown coming up uh, later on this weekend. It's all right here on the Zone Sports Network. This is DJ and PK. Time now to welcome in Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver. Do you think that Zach Wilson comes back or goes to the NFL after this season? I think you have to go to the NFL. Not in terms of the risk that the senior year brings, more so you're about to get paid. And as much as you love BYU and are grateful for BYU, the entire reason you play college football is to go play in the NFL. So I think you have to go. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hope you're all well. We're live here at Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. 
Uh, Frank Dolce, the legend, hanging out with us. It's tough. It's a, you know, it's hard. It's hard he being you. Can I just heavy as the crown? I just can I just take it down? I mean, I'd like to talk with you guys personally how difficult that is to carry that weight. Yep. <laughs> Always have just, to. I explain the weight. Is it just uh, people recognizing you, or is it people expecting uh, donations? Like, what is the hardest thing for you to deal with as being who you are? <coughs> well, I'm a giver. <laughs> Where's the laugh, Lloyd? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that might be the most disingenuous thing I've heard. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I feel like you just give so much. Almost sometimes give, there's just almost not, don't have any more. There's just nothing left to give. I got nothing left to give. All I'm right. I'm all out of love. I'm so <laughs> lost without you. I can't believe Johnny probably <laughs> never wants to hear that song ever again. <laughs> that was for Johnny, by the I way. I know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just saw Johnny slide his butterfly knife back into his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That song probably paid a mortgage or two, though. <laughs> <laughs> probably did a lot more than that. Tell you what, this guy is this a talent, guy, man. Not just a talent, but the experiences. I mean, we could do a whole show on that. Wow. It might, need, that life. it might need to be in podcast form. I don't know if it could be over the air, but he's seen some <laughs> things. Speaking of seeing some things, is there anybody better than Eric Weddle? No. Man, that guy. He's so good. He's so good. I love that guy. What did you think of uh, his take of changing a play call? Scotty asked him about. <laughs> so I asked him about the. You know, you watch the Jets. You hear about the end of the Jets Raiders game. Yeah. So you know they called the zero blitz and gave up the touchdown. So I brought that up to Eric, and he's like, "There were sometimes I would see a play that would be so bad that I would just change it." Yeah. And then I and then if the coach would yell at me, I'd say, "Oh, you know what? The thing wasn't working. I'm sorry." <laughs> Bad connection. You know, yeah. just I, I. So I just called a play on the fly. Would you ever do that as a quarterback? Yes. Yeah. At at some point, it, when I was a junior, I didn't have the competence of the coaching staff to do that. Yeah. Um. When I was a senior, then I could then I could change a play. But then I got into trouble, oddly enough, because in one particular game. Uh, we, we got into the fourth quarter. No, it was halftime. It was right before halftime. We went into a two-minute drill. So I called all the plays. And we went down and scored. And then it was this big controversy in the paper Yeah, the next, the next week. Interesting. Like, shouldn't, should, should we be calling plays from the field? I mean, it was this whole nonsensical, nonsensical sort of thing. But uh, we and, – and, and there are just guys like – we, we had guys on our team that liked to call their own plays, and it never worked. It was yeah. a disaster. But then we had guys like – I'm sure, Hans, you played with guys like this. You probably did too, Scotty. Anthony Davis was a linebacker at the University of Utah. And there was one play in particular at Utah State. When it was Utah State was driving, close game. We need a defensive stand. Utah's going to essentially drop into coverage on the defensive side and just keep everything in, you know, kind of the, the philosophy, keep everything in front of you. Snap of the ball, 
Anthony Davis playing middle linebacker is blitzing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everybody is saying, what on earth is he doing? He's going to ruin everything right up until the moment that he made a sack. <laughs> and then everybody said, oh, <laughs> great play. Brilliant. <laughs> great Brilliant. Bravo. Brilliant. They never saw it coming. There are guys like that. I mean, Troy Polamalu, Anthony Davis. There are guys. You played with guys like that, I know, that just had a sense of, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do on this play, but if I do this, it'll be better. I know. Yeah, definitely. I think the the quintessential guy was Rob Morris. Just he'd do his own thing. Sometimes, and he could just make a difference, make a play. And some things never change. Uh, I, I will say, uh, I, for a couple of years as a center, I had an opportunity to direct traffic as a, as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a protection caller. Mm-hmm. And I was very self-centered <laughs> and self-serving <laughs> with my calls. <laughs> Because when you, you know when you get to call protections, you know Scotty, if you're running the center spot, you're calling protections. Yeah. You're going to make sure that the center spot doesn't have the leaks. And uh, there'd be occasions in the huddle where I'd say, "I want this protection," and a fullback would say, "I got a there. There's a leak over here. We got." I'm like, "I need you in the middle. Don't you dare go." You were <laughs> so you were leaving other people out on an island. If I had to. Just a I, there were times I needed help, Frank. <laughs> I wasn't going to go without the help if I could if I could possibly help. So I could see some play callers being a little self-serving. Yeah. It's like, Eric, this is the fifth safety blitz you've called, man. Things are getting a little out of hand. <laughs> we're in a two-deep prevent. Why do you keep this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, Eric. Eric is fantastic. That's a guy that just, man, he got it done every Hard press. single day. And, and you know, you and I were hanging out on that broadcast his last year. Yeah. And, you know, and we all loved and appreciated Brett Loratliff, but there were some moments where it wasn't, wasn't great. And there were, I think, I'm trying to remember, was it the uh, Air Force game when they went down the field to kick a field goal to win the game, and it was all Eric Weddle under, or in the direct snap. Like, they, they didn't put the ball in, in Wildcat? Bre- in Wildcat. He ran a lot of Wildcat Did he year. throw it when he'd be back there? Not very no, often. No. That that Air Force game, is that the same one with Ben Moa at Air Force? No, At the no. Air Force Academy? No, this is the one that Sakota <laughs> kicked a field goal to win. Oh, gotcha. Yes. Because Ben Moa did something similar. That was the Urban Meyer. That was yeah. the Urban Meyer. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was the Urban Meyer deal. But, no, er- Eric Weddle could do anything. He did everything. Yeah. He could do anything. He played quarterback. When you needed short yardage, here comes Eric Weddle. He played I mean, a lot of Wildcat that year. He did. He was fantastic. Fantastic. And would he option? Would he dish? Uh, he would either run it himself or hand off one of the two. His preference he was hand. once he touched the ball he to wasn't. never let it go. Oh, really? Yeah, this is true. He never really <laughs> hand off very often. He would just look for the leaks He would and make go. a heck of a fake, like – Everybody, including the running back, would be like, I'm going to – and then he would never get the ball. <laughs> He's literally running back, back at the running back to take it back yeah. from him. Tuck it and turn it up. He was fantastic, and he's really good. He's very entertaining, very insightful. 
I'm going to pull up his college stats here because I want to see what rushing yards he had. While you're pulling that up, uh, Frank, I, I wanted to get a, a quick thought. Can you believe Alex Smith and what he's doing? It's No. No. I, I saw the, your tweet of the picture of his leg. It looks like it's out of a horror movie. It's out of a horror movie. It is. It's unbelievable. It's un- if you have not seen that picture, maybe retweet it. Go go look at go look at Hans Twitter. I mean, it was just ridiculous, and the stuff that he went through, even more even more so than what Joe Theismann went through with yeah. a similar injury. Like I, there was never a thought. Theismann that never got the infection. He never got the infection. There was never this thought of we have to amputate or the the risk of loss of his life. And Theismann was never able to play again. And for that determination uh, out of Alex Smith and what he's accomplished, is there anybody else? Is there any? Is there anybody else in sport this year who is more qualified for the comeback player of the year? No, oh, no. no. Uh, in any sport. In any no. sport. Yeah. No, and you need to rename the NFL comeback player. You need to name an award for what Alex yeah. is doing. Oh, man. By, by the way, I pulled up, and it was even more than I thought, Eric Weddle had 44 rushing attempts in 2006 for 203 yards, five touchdowns. I remember That's... it was a bunch, and then he threw the ball four times. So every, was... every nine carries, he's scoring a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. He was two for four passing with one touchdown. And I think that touchdown may have come in that bowl game against uh, Wait, yeah, Tulsa. The, the one that he threw to himself. What a universal <laughs> athlete, that guy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And he was, a, he was a silent assassin because he just didn't look like no. he was going to, Hans going to do anything. Hans and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hans hanging out here at Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. A lot of oars out here. So many oars, LHMUsedCars.com, and take advantage of one of them. <clears throat> Travis Johnson has done a really good job of putting four different options out there for you to take advantage of. You could have 72 months, no interest on the price of a used vehicle, which is really rare. You can find that in some new car dealerships, but 72 months for a used vehicle, no interest. That's incredible. Or $3,000 over Kelly Blue Book. You know, it was just $2,500. And last time Scotty and I were with Travis, Travis boosted it up to $3,000. But you do need to mention that you listen to Hanson Scotty. Or $4,000 towards the price of anything on a trade-in. Let's say you don't have a car to trade in to get the $3,000 over Kelly Blue Book. Well, bring anything in, and they're going to give you $4,000 for it towards the price of a new vehicle. We've talked about the, the different things. Bicycles. They had a, just a cross-tour bicycle that was brought in. Uh, I believe that they had one of those universal weight sets that was brought in. People are bringing things in to get $4,000 towards the price of a new vehicle. Weight sets, workout equipment. Old cars that don't run, bicycles, motorcycles. Are, is there anything that doesn't qualify? Uh, Travis said no. <laughs> bring anything so in. Furniture. First, he, firstborn. He had a guy bring oh. a, yeah, w- was no, a holy sock. Not. He always talks about the holy. Somebody brought a holy sock to, to test him. And, you know, obviously he's like, look, if you bring the holy sock, that's tough for me to find a way to value that. Yeah. But. Obviously, they, they are going to help you with whatever you bring in. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Or take advantage. Six months, they make your the, payment. The 72 months, you don't see that at a used car dealership. I know. I, I just don't see it. it. You've seen it some new. Absolutely. But never to use. No. Please, come in. Take advantage of it. They've got great selection. By the way, a little bit of breaking news, not related to Utah at all. Um, but Utah State and Weber State basketball game has been postponed due to COVID-19-related issues. Uh, the teams are certainly hoping to get that game rescheduled. But uh, Lloyd, Johnny, no Utah State basketball game this weekend. So there you go. Well, that, Copy that. Hey, that's a bummer. What are you doing this weekend? Do, I mean, uh, Fort Collins. Oh, Utah you know State, what? I, I, so I, I, I like the Pac-12. I grew up in the Pac-12 right next to UCLA, USC. I love the Pac-12. But, but I really gained this affinity for what was the Mountain West Conference. Yeah. Maybe the WAC before that. But Fort Collins, I loved going to play Colorado State. I loved that. Remember that stadium that was out in the middle of nowhere? Yes. Yeah. I loved that area. I loved that, th- those pl- playing in those games. It was just fun. Remember all the good times we had in Wyoming? Not really. Actually, uh, what was the movie we saw there? The Departed. <laughs> we did. You're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly and right. Who was the dude that drank the uh, the salsa beers? There's a beer made out of salsa. That one of the our guys. Oh, oh, the uh, the Michelada. Yes, yes, the Michelada. Wait a second. A beer made out of salsa. Hold on. Hold on. We need Jake. Am, am, am I right on that? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. We need Jake Scott's opinion on this. Is the does the Michelada come with a purse? Does the Michelada come no. with a purse? No, I think that's kind of a manly drink. Oh, is don't it, you? Okay, I, I don't know. Jake Scott, kind of uh, is he? Can we get Jake's thoughts yeah, on I this? I want to get Jake if he's ever heard of this before. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, so to explain to me, it's, it's you pour salsa into beer. I I I, I don't know. I, I don't know I either. But I did not. I did not consume. So but essentially, know. that's my understanding of it. That's Jake, how. Have you ever heard of a? Is it michelada? Michelada. Yeah, they Hold do on, it in. Plug they, it in my headphones. Oh, they they headphones. they. One of the companies now does it in a. It's prepackaged. Hello. Huh? You can buy a michelada in a can. Yeah, it's all built. Is, is up. it actual chunks of salsa? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Jake's with us I'm now. I'm here. I'm here. Jake, sorry. have you ever heard of a michelada? No. No, I haven't, oh. actually. A beer made out of salsa. It's not made out of salsa. It's a salsa beer. Yeah, it's a beer that has salsa in that, it. Yeah, I think it has salsa in it. And it's this popular is, in this Wyoming? This is terrible. All right. So popular with, in Wyoming. So with that said, knowing that it's a salsa beer... Where would that line up on your manly scale of beers? No, that sounds that that's certainly more manly than the Hefeweizen. Which, by the, <laughs> by the way, I love it that this is what I'm an expert on your show now. That uh-huh. this is this is where you like you did not this yourself. Not let's get thoughts on last night's game. No, no. Hey, is this a is this a manly drink or not? No, uh, we could do both, Jake. We bring you on. We are you're a very trusted voice in both. But when it comes down to floofy. Uh, what are you, fruity drinks? Yeah. Uh, we, we need Jake's opinion. Masculine or, or feminine drinks. Well, I, I'm happy to be there for you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I don't know if I would have some sort of salsa beer. 
but I, I discovered uh, something in Austin, Texas uh, earlier in the year over the All-Star break called the uh, R-Modelo, which is quite good. And it's so, like uh, it's like a uh, what do they call it? Tabasco sauce and a modelo and and some salt and lime juice in there is pretty good. So here's a recipe for a michelada, and you tell me if you like this. Okay, a Mexican uh, beer, mostly modelo. Is that is that modelo? Nice yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh-huh. uh, clamato or tomato juice. Ooh. Um, three or four splashes of hot sauce. Uh, this person recommends tapito, or ta- how do you say? Tapatio. Tapatio, thank you. Uh, two splashes of Worcestershire sauce, two splashes of Maggie sauce or soy sauce, a juice of one lime, and then salt. <laughs> wow. That so, sounds like heartburn in a bottle. No, that that <laughs> something along those lines is pretty common. I, I had a fraternity brother way back in the day who, who uh, enjoyed late nights, and uh, it would often turn into uncomfortable mornings, and he would <laughs> he would drink something similar for breakfast, yeah. So this this falls in the Lloyd category or the Jake category? Not in the Lloyd category, no. Okay. Okay. All so right. There you, hey. go. you you love your heffies, <laughs> Lloyd. I'm sorry I ever teased you for that because now no, I do like I, I have to I'm not, I have no, I'm not and I'm not ashamed. Yeah, it's fine. Lloyd, you should. Don't, you don't should. worry. Jake makes fun of me because I go to my kids' soccer games, so yeah. I I make one joke about soccer once. See, this is this is what happens. This is how you get reputations. Let's and see. now and now Jake like you've never done that to somebody. <laughs> no, never. Never. Ever in my life. Yeah, I heard you guys You all right. I learned it by watching hold, you. Hold on. I heard them arguing about the stink that's in the in the studio, and Jake goes, it's probably coming out of hands. That's what he said yesterday. I did I'm say that. I'm driving home, and all I of a sudden, say that. it's probably coming out of hands. I'm like, well. You did just leave the studio. Hey. In all fairness, the circumstances were there. Uh, Jake, we appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, I love your show, guys. Eric Weddle was great today. He was great. Yeah, he was great. And, and Frank's always great. Thanks. Thank you, Jake. There you go. You're some my guy. Are, some days are better than others. All right, hands and You know what? I on. do one thing against, and I wasn't even against you. I was just a lack of understanding about where you were going with your I was, your I was trying to fandom prop, of Brit. I was Brit trying Cuddy. to prop up a young man. That's all. And, and his. Now you're and his turning coming. it against me because I, I didn't understand you well. I apologize. All right. We'll get okay. to it. Okay. Hands and Scotty, this is 97.5, 1280 The Zone.